1: I do want to push back on like the national narrative now that the Bills have a blueprint, Nick. I've seen this out there. They're a running team now. They need to limit Josh Allen's pass attempts, protect him from himself, just make sure he doesn't throw that interception. Game manager, and that gives the Bills the best chance. That is a bunch of bullcrap. You know I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. want to hear. I just wish we could, as like a people. As people who love football, can we just enjoy the fact that the Bills executed an awesome game plan and dominated a really good Cowboys team and just not get carried away with now Josh Allen needs to be the game manager and throw it 15 to 20 times tops a game and we're going to win with James Cook? Like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've, I've ever heard. You know, they're, the, the Bills are back at it. If you want to call them a Super Bowl contender again, sure, uh, I'm here for it. We'll We'll get into that here as well on the show. But if they're going to win a Super Bowl, they do it because josh allen is special right it's not it's josh allen doing yeah. josh allen things at critical times hey everybody welcome into the show ryan o'leary here joined as i am each week by my good friend nick woe it's the bills wire podcast powered by the usa today network nick of course is the managing editor of the bills wire we appreciate you for hopping on board we hope you stick around throughout the rest of this Bills playoff push subscribe uh subscribe I'm sorry rate review all that good stuff you should be able to find this show wherever you get your podcasts nick man how you feeling about your bills after a blowout win over the cowboys are they back
2: yeah i mean you got to got to think so ryan um it's kind of funny this week throughout the you know one of our weekly tasks and by we i mean one of my weekly tasks that i have on my list is um you know, the power rankings every week and the bills are higher in pretty much everyone's power rankings. than they actually are physically in the standings right now. So that's kind of how hot the bills are the last few weeks is the bills are, I believe still ninth in the AFC. Um, I think the Texans are the only team above them in terms of the wild card, but with everything still in front of them, uh, this is of course the noted stretch of their season. Um, of course, it seemed a little bit more daunting about two weeks ago when um when uh, justin herbert had 10 fingers instead of nine and uh could play but uh we'll get into that and uh yeah all things considered the bills are uh i mean, certainly back from where they were at least right
1: yeah no it feels uh i'm i'm happy i mean i think this is going this makes the whole the final three weeks here this makes it so much more interesting the bills are right back in it they controlled their own destiny i think we all agree if they if they went out they're going to be in they might even win the afc east if they went out i mean we could talk about the Dolphins and what they have coming up as well. Uh, no cupcake schedule for the Dolphins, uh, but let's just start with like some top takeaways from the Cowboys game, Nick. Obviously, they undressed the Cowboys, and I thought in terms of coaching, right, game planning, this was a huge game for Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator. Huge game for Sean McDermott. You know, no Micah Hyde. You add him to the injury list, they still dominate the Cowboys. It was, it was amazing. But you know, I know the Bills. They've been using the running backs way more under Brady, right? Not just handing them the ball, but throwing them the ball. That's been super noticeable since he took over. But there's no way the Cowboys were prepared for the Bills to rush the ball 46 times. You know, not counting the kneel down. So 46 rushes compared to 15 pass attempts for Josh Allen. There's just no way they were ready for that. It was a master class in, okay, you're going to play light boxes with these light linebackers out there. We are going to run it right down your throat. Oh, we now see you can't stop it. We're going to keep running it down your throat. Oh, we see you're struggling with us pulling our tackles. We're going to keep doing that to you and just bulldozing you over and over and over again. It was a an amazing game plan because the, the whole thing with the Cowboys' defense is they want to get you in passing situations so they can tee off with Micah Parsons, who's one of the best football players on the planet, and he's unblockable. So the Bills literally, at times, didn't even block him, right? And they just ran it right down the Cowboys' throat. It was... It it's fun to watch football when you can see your team doing a game plan specifically for that opponent and it paying off, right, Nick. I just thought the coaching here, starting with the offense, was really telling. the fact that Josh Allen was like just, you know, kind of a a side note in this game was uh was amazing.
2: Yeah, couldn't I said it better myself? Uh Josh Allen finally goes for the first time in ten games. He had nine straight games with an interception. Did not have an interception. Um, that helps that he only threw the ball fifteen times. <laughs> yes, um, uh, that was on my best bets of the week. We do a, a network-wide uh, bet to place and for even odds uh, over one and a half interceptions between Allen and Easton Stick combined. I mean, I feel like that's a like no-brainer. Like Allen's going to throw the ball more than fifteen times, probably, and Easton Stick dermot i think in like eight or nine games against rookie quarterbacks his defensive have 17 interceptions i'm like come on guys now help me finally get a bet right for you <laughs> here because don't listen to one at the end
1: kid there, threw some awful balls against that raider in that raiders blowout he threw some bad balls in that game so yeah, yeah. i could see him yeah, throwing know you a and few Allen
2: for form but I, i'm not projecting too far ahead uh on next week's game but uh yeah cowboys i mean james cook afc offensive player of the week um didn't see that one coming and didn't realize that the last one to have that as a bills running back was Travis Henry and was it 2000 to 2001 or something like that way back way back like 20 years back the last time a bills running back was AFC offensive player of the week which is crazy to think um but uh yeah I mean the bills against the last two games surprisingly really have been running the uh James Cook Express and uh it's paying off and I think you know, we're going to see eventually, whether that's this week, whether that's, in the, you know, at some point down the line here in the last three games, we're going to see more Josh Allen. But, you know, the Bills should have some confidence in the fact that they can run the ball and they can win games. And that just, I mean, simply how often have we been complaining about things like the bills can't start games quick this season? Well, they're doing that pretty good lately and the bills are a one dimensional offense with the Josh Allen. Well, now they're a one dimensional offense with James Cook. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Having, uh, having these, uh, new found, I guess, wrinkles of, if, if you will, in their offense is, is really paying off. And I think that's going to be big going into the playoffs, uh, down this, uh, well, I guess less than a month now, final month of the, uh, final month of the season here because it's uh, really, really good for, for the Bills if, if, if an opponent finally has to respect the fact that, okay, they can run 179 yards on the ground for James Cook, and I apologize to all the Bills Wire followers. Uh, I like to think I'm pretty good with my uh, grammar, my English, but in like two or three stories, I did go back. I added up that James Cook had 226 yards from scrimmage, but um, numbers aren't my thing. And he actually had 221. I had to go back and change that <laughs> after I realized that that number was wrong that I put in. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, two-dimensional bills. Uh, who would have thought it?
1: Yeah, no, nobody's surprised at people in journalism getting math wrong. Trust me, that's that's something yeah, that I happens know. all the time. I, it might, for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, them running the football is huge. Uh, it's something we've been begging for for years. To see them running the football more, committing to it, uh, it's a good thing. I do want to push back on like the national narrative now that the Bills have a blueprint. Nick, I've seen this out there. They're a running team now. They need to limit Josh Allen's pass attempts, protect him from himself, just make sure he doesn't throw that interception. Game manager, and that gives the Bills the best chance. That is a bunch of bullcrap. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. want to hear. I just wish we could, as like a people as people who love football, can we just enjoy the fact that the Bills executed an awesome game plan and dominated a really good Cowboys team and just not get carried away with now Josh Allen needs to be the game manager and throw it 15 to 20 times tops a game and we're going to win with James Cook? Like that is the most ridiculous thing I've I've ever heard. You know, they the, the Bills are back at it. If you want to call them a Super Bowl contender again, sure. Uh, I'm here for it. We'll we'll get into that here as well on the show, but if they're going to win a Super Bowl, they do it because Josh Allen is special, right? It's not, it's Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things at critical times. And hopefully the coach and your team doesn't screw it up at the end (laughs) in these playoff games. That's how you win a super bowl. You don't do it with Allen managing the game, you know, like that is just a bunch of bullcrap. So I just want to push back on that. Nick, I want to make sure I got that off my chest because that has been annoying the crap out of me. It's just like, I want to see analysis on what the Bills did schematically because I'm not smart enough to know that on my own. So I want to hear Dan Orlovsky and I want to hear all these guys telling me what they did and breaking down the film so I can then regurgitate it on the podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm not breaking down the L22. I want that stuff. I don't want to hear about how the Bills have a blueprint now with Josh Allen not throwing the football. That's just I had to get off that that off my chest. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I totally agree too. Uh, again, bad for radio is like, you know, we always agree or if we agree, um, you know, no Stephen A. Smith hot take rebuttals here. <laughs> that No, they should keep running the ball with James Cook the entire way. No, it's cool that they can do that. It's great that they can do that. But, you know, <laughs> we know how this league works, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, no, they should keep running the ball, but we want to see a, you know, balance. We want to see them running the ball and throwing the ball and Josh Allen running the ball. We want to see it all. And, and I think they're getting they're getting there. But this was just one of those games where the Bills recognized that the Cowboys couldn't stop them. So they said, oh, you know, we don't care about your fantasy football playoffs, those of you with Josh Allen. You know what I mean? We're going to we're gonna hand it to James Cook. Try to stop it. The, the Cowboys couldn't. Also, on the other side of the ball, Nick, I mean, the, the undressing that Sean McDermott gave Mike McCarthy was pretty impressive, right? It was very much like we're not going to give up the chunk plays. I think... If I have this right, I think the longest game by the Cowboys was a 16-yard catch by C.D. Lamb. I don't even remember when that was. It might have been late in the game, too. Uh, but it was a 16-yard play. That's it. So they basically were like, we're going to make you play in the mud. You want to score, it's going to take you 15 plays of dink and dunk to get to the end zone, and that's what it was at the end, right? Eight minutes left. The Bills, it, this is the drive after Buffalo called off the dogs, left Josh Allen and the other starters on the sideline. But Mike McCarthy's sitting there, head buried in the play sheet, Nick. Dak Prescott still in the game, dialing up plays to CeeDee Lamb. They go on this 80 yard, 15 play drive that felt like an eternity just to finally score a touchdown so they could walk off that field feeling like they did something, right? I just thought that was the image to me. Just, you know, I still had the game on. I was still watching it at that point. And the fact that you see Mike McCarthy buried in the head sheet on a in a 31 3 game that was long over, I just thought that was the image. You you just Completely dominated that team. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about a blueprint? Maybe the Bills came up with a blueprint print on how to beat the Cowboys because they forced them to dink and dunk their way down the field, and the Cowboys don't want to do that. And they were stubborn, and the Bills made them pay. With all the injuries the Bills have, you throw in Micah Hyde. I mean, what a response by Sean McDermott. We know it's been a couple, a bad couple of weeks too, right? A tough couple of weeks, I should say, for that coach. The players have backed him up verbally, but they're also backing him up on the field too, right, Nick? So the response for McDermott, you know, just these heady game plans he's come up with to keep the Bills in this thing, and the response of the players, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. i I thought, you know, the Tyler Dunn stuff, the article, all that, right before the Chiefs game, I thought, boy, you know, this this could be the end of a this could be the end of a really ugly season, then we'll see what happens, right? But it's been the opposite. And I'm impressed. I'm impressed. now I, I don't think McDermott's going anywhere now. You know, I think that's fair to say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, at this point, hot and cold, how quickly things go in the NFL, uh, the week to week league, it is um, what have you done for me lately? I guess league, uh, I guess they all are kind of like that now, though. Right. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys essentially had nothing until garbage time. Uh, as you mentioned with Mike McCarthy, uh, I think Dak had 84 yards passing before. Well, I think that when the Bills had 31 on the board. And, and he they, was on you know,
1: fire too coming in. It was crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they averaged, they, they won five in a row and scored the least amount of points they scored in any of those five wins was 33 points twice. So 33 points was like the minimum that they were going to put up based on the last five games. And they did not put that up. So, uh, yeah. I mean, super kudos to the Bills defense uh, uh, there. And um, yeah, this is just one of those games where uh, it really puts into. Focus, I think, um, you know, I guess how important coaching is in the NFL, uh, just in terms of uh, you know, uh the schematics and the game plan and whatnot because clearly the Bills had the better game plan uh when it was the Bills defense against the Cowboys offense on the field.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. Uh one hundred percent. So let's go back to that question from the beginning of the show now, Nick. Are they back in the Super Bowl conversation, right? You I don't know if it was a slip of the tongue there but you already you already had the Bills in the playoffs kind of you were talking you you mentioned the playoffs as if the Bills are going to be there and I think they are because I mean we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but you have Easton Stick which you cleverly told me is he was named after a hockey Hockey Company or Hockey Stick, right? You think Easton Stick was named after... Easton
2: sticks? a lot of people in Buffalo know probably had an Easton Hockey Stick growing <laughs> up. So that, I mean, that is the first thing I thought of was Easton Stick. That is, like, that is okay. incredible. Yeah, I so, never thought uh, of that. Bills
1: are playing against an ice hockey stick. Uh, yeah, well, we love that in Buffalo, right? We love our hockey out there. Uh, so they're going to play Easton Stick in the Chargers and then Bailey Zappi in the Patriots. I think it's pretty safe to assume you're going to be 10-6 and six entering that Week 18 game in Miami, and then we'll see what's happening there. But... Uh yeah, so I think playoffs uh, that's that's definitely in play now again. It was in doubt maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe going into Kansas City a little bit in doubt coming off the Eagles loss, but now it's we're back in that race. What about Super Bowl Nick? You know, I mean, I think if you win out, right? You beat the Chargers and the Patriots, which I think is a safe bet, and then you go into Miami a Miami team you've already beaten this year in a, in a Miami team that has struggled against the better teams in the league, right? They've mopped up against the bad competition this year. They're going to try to finally beat a team over 500 against Dallas this weekend. If you can go, you win, you win those games against Patriots, chargers, dolphins. Now you've won what five in a row going into the playoffs. You might win the AFC East, you know, depending on what happens with the dolphins over these last three weeks. Like, Maybe you're hosting a game all of a sudden in the playoffs. Like I, I think if I'm going to say my answer to this, and I want to get your reaction. I'm saying no. I, I'm not taking the Bills seriously as a Super Bowl contender yet. But if they win out, I think they would be a big story going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Even if they're, they're on the road a week in, you know, wild card weekend. If they win out, they come in on that on this winning streak and they're playing their best football. They'll be scary. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be a scary team, and I think yeah. It's on. If they win out and they beat Miami in Miami at the end of the year and they go into the playoffs that hot, I think it's on Super Bowl. But I'm not I don't want to get ahead of myself yet, right? I'm just I'm just happy they're back in the playoff race now. You know what I mean? Like so that's that's kind of where I'm at. But what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean similar. I, I you know, I'm not quite there yet with Super Bowl contender. I know the hot take artists are all about that. I think we got a little bit more time before then. Um, but I raise you in that whole beautiful um mythological thing you just laid out. Um did you just overlook the team the Bills lost to?
1: Well you know I'm a Patriots fan, so I, <laughs> yeah, I just I, <laughs> I pretend that's an automatic W. So yeah, uh, yeah
2: well I don't know. I don't know. They got him once. I'll, I'll tell you this, Nick. The Patriots
1: are very happy about being in the number two draft slot for next year right now. And I just if you caught any of that Patriots chiefs game last weekend and who would, because that's just brutal and they flex it out of Monday night for a reason. But if you would have watched that, you would have saw bill Belichick down 17 points to Patrick Mahomes late in the third quarter and throughout the fourth punting over and over again on fourth and short fourth and three, fourth and four down 17 punt, punt, punt. It was like, what are you doing? Even on the broadcast, they're saying, uh, Mr. Belichick, losing by 30 and losing by 17 is the same thing. Why are you punting? Why aren't you going for it? He's like managing games to keep them close, but he's not really managing them to win. He's way too conservative. So, uh, yeah, when we get to the Patriots game, I'll get more into that, but I, I'm not worried about them at all. I think they're, they are in cruise control mode to the number two draft pick. That's where I'm at.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think the bills need to not overlook, uh, the next two weeks, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I still have this um I don't know. I don't want to pick them to lose to the Chargers or the Patriots, but I've been saying over the last few weeks, you know, I can see them beating definitely the Chiefs, maybe not the Cowboys, but then losing a game that they shouldn't lose and uh I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be this week, maybe it will be this week uh that it's a little bit closer, but uh yeah, I think the Bills as as you said teasing a little bit that I dropped in there a reference to them being a playoff team that's it's starting to become more realistic uh, of course. So, um yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think week seventeen will uh, or week eighteen. Jeez, yeah, it's showing my age there. Thinking that week seventeen's the last week of the season. Just assuming.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is showing your age. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, <laughs> not that it's that long ago, but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let's get into that uh, Bills Chargers game, uh, shall we? Uh, the Chargers are banged up. They're coming off like a historic loss to the Raiders. Justin Herbert obviously is out. There's the hockey stick is now the quarterback. So we'll we'll get into this matchup will it be tougher than we think or is it bills by a billion you know we'll we'll get into that here coming up next but first we got to get some fantasy football advice from our friends at the huddle.com they do this for us every single week it's like semifinal times in a lot of your playoff matchups so congratulations if you're still alive here's some fantasy advice for week 16 and then we'll be right back
0: Corey bonini here of the huddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week 16 Quarterback Nick Mullins, Minnesota Vikings vs Detroit Lions. In his first full start with the Vikings, Mullins posted 303 passing yards, 2 touchdowns, and chipped in 10 rushing yards. While he did toss a pair of interceptions, a 24 plus point day on the road was a nice early Christmas present for anyone brazen enough to play him. This one could turn into a shootout of sorts. Mullins is at home versus Detroit, a group that has allowed 22.7 fantasy points on average to the position on the year. In the last six weeks, since Detroit has come back out of its bye, half of the performance have been good for 27 or more fantasy points. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots at Denver Broncos. Elliott will shoulder the burden of this backfield if Ramondre Stevenson isn't able to return. Even if he has to share some touches, Elliott showed a couple of weeks ago he's capable of handling a massive workload. Denver has given up 17 total scores to the position on the year, and no team has permitted more rushing yards. Since week 10, the matchup has rated neutrally, but we're still fairly confident in his opportunity especially since it's unlikely Denver will hang a big score on the board. Wide receiver Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Indianapolis Colts. The Falcons go back to Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback, who was under center from weeks 8 through 10. In that time, London posted lines of 5 catches for 55 yards and 3 grabs for 36 yards. He missed the week 9 game between those two respective performances. Indianapolis has permitted wide receivers the fifth fewest receptions per game, but the fifth highest scoring rate in the last five weeks. While he doesn't have an extremely high ceiling, London is a pretty safe bet for a wide receiver three play in Week 16. Tight end Tanner Hudson, Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers. Hudson has been steady Eddie over the last seven weeks, posting between 5.7 and 10.1 PPR points in each game, including four showings of at least 8.5. That said, for as quietly solid as he has been, Hudson lacks the requisite pop to be a lock as a starting lineup option. Fortunately, if you have to play him this postseason, Pittsburgh presents a tremendous statistical matchup and has been exploited across the board by the position in recent weeks. No Jamar Chase likely means Hudson will have a much larger role. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
1: All right, we are back. We've We've got a Saturday game, Nick, to talk about. This is like, this is NFL takeover season, right? Once college football and high school football is kind of, behind us we're in the bowl season now it's like you get games on Thursday you get games on Saturday full slate on Sunday we're gonna shove some more down your throat on Monday with multiple games right like this is totally the the part of the time of year where the NFL says oh yeah we're gonna shove it right down your throat Here, <laughs> here's all the NFL you can handle you know what I mean I I love it and sometimes I kind of hate it sometimes I find I find it hard to like you know on Saturday the early game on Saturday like can I really get in to Steelers Browns with uh, Mason Rudolph against Joe Flacco. Like, I just, I don't know. We'll see when the game comes, you know, on Christmas yeah. Eve. Uh, but Bill's Chargers, uh, it's, you know, what do you think? Saturday game. A little bit of an adjustment for you. How do you feel about working on Christmas Eve? I guess it's better than working on Christmas Day, huh?
2: Yeah, it's, um, you get used to it now in this line of work, right? <laughs> it's a holiday weekend. Yep. It's Thanksgiving almost every year. You got something to do. Uh, same thing with uh, Christmas now. Uh, you know, it used to be, used to be in my day uh the um you know the the holiday reserved for basketball but uh NBA. football decided yep. that they're gonna step on their toes now and uh, just start taking uh taking it away but uh, yeah i think the i think uh it's gonna be uh be quite the uneventful uh saturday christmas weekend uh football going on right now um yeah it's doesn't look it doesn't look too entertaining in the evening slot but <laughs> no it uh, doesn't hopefully you know as a writer it's um it's a lot better when it's 31 to 10 and the game's over at the start of the fourth quarter because i don't have to wait around to start writing like we know that the premise of these stories right is going to be the bills mm-hmm. one yeah it's 31 10 or 31 to three and Dak is looking for that garbage time touchdown um
1: yeah your story's but, already uh, written yeah at that point exactly 100%. exactly yep.
2: and i think that's probably going to be more of the same this week um Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it could be a world if it gets somewhere close to close. It's at 12 and a half. Now the spread, um, you know, one interesting thing that no one's really talking about this week is, uh, you know, we have the, the new coach bounce potentially from the chargers and uh, you know, they fired uh, Brandon Staley last week after, you know, they got absolutely embarrassed, um, embarrassed by the Raiders. Um, but also they played on Thursday night um and this is a saturday game so it's early moved up and the bills play on sunday afternoon at 4 p.m uh so you know uh, quite the shorter week for the bills as opposed to the chargers uh they got like you know they say a mini bye week or whatever so um, i'm curious if any of those are going to play, play a part and you know maybe the chargers get a little backdoor cover or something in here but mm-hmm. um you know because it, it, it's inching closer to two two uh touchdowns here and i, th- I think that's going to I think that trend is going to continue up until kickoff, and the Chargers get closer to two touchdowns. Maybe you know, even if it's fourteen points, the Bills are favored by when we get to Saturday. It um, it uh, it could be an interesting bet there. Um, you know, maybe Easton, maybe the hockey stick will learn a thing or two from his first start, right?
1: (laughs) I hope so. That was ugly. That was ugly last week, but no, those are those are really good points. I think you always have to watch for in sports betting. You always have to watch for the new coach factor, right? There's usually Mm especially when your team's coming off a a crazy horrible defeat the the week before and usually when a coach gets fired mid-season it's off a really ugly loss uh and then mm-hmm. the next week you you're you think that team's down bad but they get a little bit of a jolt from the new coach uh so no that's a that's something i had in my notes to to say as well so you you i thought you nailed that that's definitely a thing um you look at this game it's in LA uh <laughs> I don't know if cross there are any tree
2: too, yeah that's another
1: one yeah it's cross country it's in LA so the bills are also going to the west coast but I I feel like are there any Chargers fans in LA you <laughs> know I just don't I don't think so yeah. uh the few that have probably the few Chargers fans out there have probably checked out at this point I mean Justin Herbert's done for the year Brandon Staley was just fired they just they just had the worst loss um I don't know if it was the worst loss in franchise history. I know it was the most score, most points the Raiders ever scored. I
2: think I did read it was. Or, yeah, uh,
1: yeah it, it had to be. 63 points. Whew. You don't see that yeah. in the NFL. So much parody nowadays. It's like crazy how much parody there is. So you just don't see that kind of thing. You got Easton Stick, at quarterback, as we've said. So it, it just feels like a nothing game. I, I would not be surprised surprised if there's more Bills fans in that stadium than Chargers fans. So uh, there's no home field advantage, really. So Bills, 12 and a half. They're rolling. It just feels like a, a layup kind of game. So obviously, Nick, it's going to be weird and uncomfortable and way closer than we think, right? You know what I mean? I can't bring myself to pick the Chargers side, at 12, even at 12 and a half. I just can't do it. I can't pick Easton Stick. Did you did you say that Ke- um, Keenan Allen is definitely out? Is he ruled out?
2: It's looking like he's okay, out. He hasn't yeah. been ruled out, I don't think. Um, at the time of recording right now, I haven't seen it, but it's trending that way.
1: Okay. So your your best players out. I mean, you know, best receiver, I should say. Uh their defense has not been good. It's been terrible. Uh so I it's just like, how do you how do you pick the Chargers side? I, I just want to caution, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a weird, uncomfortable game that the Bills win, but it's not what we expect. It's not 31 to 3 like Dallas. It's just like a letdown spot, short week, traveling across the country. Chargers are on more rest home new coach like i don't know it, it, you know what i mean nick so yeah i would just i can't take the chargers i'm still picking the bills at that number but i'm not i'm not feeling great about it <laughs> you know what? I, I don't think i'm actually gonna put real money on it i would pick them on the show i don't know if i put real money on it because it, there's something sketchy about this game that i don't like if that makes sense
2: no yeah right like i said right there with you um I might. I think I am going to lean a little bit towards the Chargers spread, but like even that, like you know, a team wins by. I, I think it would be a case of you know the Bills being up by, I don't know, twenty one or twenty four or something, and uh, you know somehow they sneak back in backdoor cover and it's still a double digit win. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like no one's
1: worried. <laughs> Maybe Kyle Allen gets some snaps and you know the Chargers score a late touchdown, and get a two point conversion, and all of a sudden they cover a spread. I mean that's possible. Uh, another yeah. thing too, yeah, I, love, and, I love
2: a backdoor spread too, so I like to get a root for one in general. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, well, you got to have something to root for uh, while you're covering this game because <laughs> I don't think it'll be super competitive all the way through. Uh, I hope not, at least. Another thing to consider, I mean, I know the Bills are a different team now than they were in Week One when Zach Wilson came in for Aaron Rodgers and the Bills struggled, but they have played down to the level of their competition at times. The Jets game, uh, I I think back to that Giants game where you know we could, you know, I know a lot of the pundits out there, Nick, of are giving the Bills credit for that Broncos game, saying, look, they actually won that game. It was just a stupid penalty. Well, they probably should have lost that Giants game. So can we call that a wash? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that Giants game was, uh, they barely survived it. I mean, they lost to the Patriots, who are by far the worst team in the conference. The Broncos game, obviously they lost. So they've played down to some teams. Now, maybe they've rinsed themselves of this, and they're a different team now, and they're rolling and they're going to beat up on the chargers like they should you know i don't know but that's just something to throw out there as well like they haven't exactly you know bludgeon teams that are worse than them right they did it to the commanders earlier in the year but they've had plenty of spots this season where they've said no you know bad team we're going to make this interesting and you know kind of dink around and try to win it at the end so hopefully again they've rinsed themselves of that and they go and they they blow out the Chargers like they did the Commanders earlier in the year but it's worth noting right they've played down to the level of their competition at times
2: yeah no for sure for sure i couldn't agree with that more they've definitely down or played down to some opponents and i think that's a kind of a reason why they're you know at six losses at this point where they are in the standings um but you know of course they're trending up too to their own credit as well so two sides of that
1: yep i just feel like it does feel it feels like a safe spot for the Bills to win, right? I get why you're thinking about the Chargers spread. I'll I'll watch it too. Like if it, if it keeps climbing and gets crazy, maybe I will look for the backdoor cover there. But uh, you know the Patriots game, I would probably be more nervous about that one, Nick. Right? Like you got that would be that's going to be the game. You you're probably coming off an easy win over the Chargers. You got Miami on deck. It's the Patriots. They're horrible. It's Bailey Zappi, but you got the Belichick factor, division rival, like. That one's something I, I can understand being weary about or wary about, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, the Chargers outfit minus Justin Herbert. <laughs> it's just, it feels comfortable. So I'm not too worried about the Bills getting a victory in this one. It does feel like a Bills by a billion spot. Just because every time I've said that word, Bills by a billion, I've got that pick horribly wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm afraid, feeling good but about mine now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they should win this game by three scores. What's going to happen? But uh yeah, man. Anything else you're watching for around the NFL? Anything? What you doing for Christmas weekend, Nick? You want the final word? Like, Leave us with something fun.
2: I'm going to be wishing for my FanDuel account to have a better weekend. But <laughs> also course. my uh, fantasy team, you mentioned that. Um, we, we are on to the semifinals. So, And I had quite the weekend. Anyone who follows me on Twitter, I don't really tweet much, but I was real, real mad at Ian Rappaport, who said, Gino Smith is playing. So I go, okay. So I leave him in my lineup, and I, I leave my computer. I go do some errands, come back an hour and a half later. Game starts. Drew Locke's playing. I'm like, what is going on oh, here? Oh, no. So I had DK, Metcalf, and I thought Geno Smith against A.J. Brown. And uh, it turns out, yeah, in that last drive there where they scored, uh, DK had a deep, deep completion, deep catch, put me a point and a half ahead. And on that final drive where the Eagles had two plays, uh, two of them along the sideline went to A.J. Brown. One, he was out of bounds, clearly, but still a close play. The second one was the final interception. So it was quite the um, uh, exhilarating final Monday Night Football game for my fantasy football playoffs. Um, so, so you won. I was so mad at Ian Rappaport. Why did you? The tweet wasn't like he's active. It was he's active and he's playing. So I was like, oh, OK, I'm good. Leave Gino in.
1: So you <laughs> won with Geno Smith in your lineup. You still pulled it out. That's yeah, amazing.
2: Yeah, I still pulled it out. Of course, having McCaffrey helped. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was so, because uh, if I, you know, two versus one, the final game, like that's, you know, you have such a good edge and, uh, yeah, I usually don't get hopped up in fantasy. This is this league I actually finished in last place in last year. Thankfully they didn't make me do anything, but I did have the first overall <laughs> pick, and that's how I ended up with McCaff- McCaffrey, I think.
1: That's pretty um, sweet. But yeah, he had a huge uh, yeah. game, so that helps having him. He yeah. he kinda covered for Geno Smith for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I uh yeah, so that's what I'm ho- hoping for. My Christmas weekend is some good good fan duel and some good uh better fantasy football, because this is, you know, the first time in a long time I remember actually having a like legitimate look at winning it. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Usually, I'm not good in fantasy football, which I'm sure everyone can tell. With based on my projections <laughs> and other picks,
1: that yeah, on based on our track record, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not just so. you, trust me. It's me as well. I have a, I have a, like a, a way of like trying to convince you. You know, like here's my, I have a take on this, and then it's just like horribly wrong. And I'm watching the games, and I'm like, God, am I an idiot? Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's that's the one thing about the NFL taking over and putting games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It kind of draws out these these fantasy matchups in the playoffs, fantasy playoffs. And that makes it kind of fun. You can kind of extend the matchup, watch guys, see more of your guys play live. It's kind of fun. It it kind of extends that, you know, the itch, you know, it helps you scratch that itch a little bit. It's fun. Um, I'm alive too. In my fantasy playoffs, I was the one seed going against the eight and uh, had a way better team than the eight seed was not really worried about it, but I was going up against this person plugs Zamir white and the Raiders defense into his lineup on that Thursday night and the Raiders are scoring touchdowns left and right. Easton's the you know, the hockey stick is not helping me. And Zamir White scores a touchdown, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, am I going to lose? He's got 20 points from the Raiders' defense. I'm screwed. Uh, so I was really worried. And he had Josh Allen, uh, which ended up working in my favor because Josh didn't really throw the football, <laughs> so that helped me. But uh, I was I was worried going into the going into Sunday, but I got lucky. I had Miami's defense, and they they actually scored more points than Vegas against the Jets. So. God, the Jets are the gift that keeps on giving. I won as well, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, yeah. So let's get to the ship, my man. Let's yeah, get to the ship.
2: Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, I'm assuming all terrible news now next week, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> I'll be checking in on you. I'll be checking in on you yeah, next week. Yeah, so, same, same. hey, man, I hope you have a great uh, Christmas weekend and all that. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, appreciate the time on the uh, on a holiday week, but uh, we're we're almost to the we're almost to crunch time here. With uh, another NFL season, it's crazy. Almost done our fourth season on the podcast. It's pretty uh pretty wild, man. But I'm thankful for uh for the ride. It's been fun. I hope it keeps going into the playoffs this year.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hopefully a deep one from the Bills.
1: Yep, looks like it's coming. I feel it coming. They're on. They're on a move. So uh, to all the Bills fans listening, we appreciate you. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week to break down uh, Bills versus Easton Stick, the hockey stick, and the Chargers. Hopefully this is a, a nothing blowout game, and we can get into that Patriots matchup. Uh, But we'll be back next week to break that down. We'll talk to you then.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.